Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here to talk love, relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. Please make sure to tune in to the end of our podcast for our Dear Jen segment. This is where one of our listeners sends in a question and I answer it uh, online. So uh, if you have a question, please email me at dearjen at lovejen with two ends.com. I'm here today with a special guest. Uh, his name is Stephen Speaks. And Stephen uh, is out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I met him in 2013 at a Match.com Relationship Expert Forum uh, here in Dallas. And uh, he is also a relationship uh, expert, uh, counselor, coach. Uh, I guess he calls himself a coach, as well as life coach. I mean, he he does both. And I've actually seen him speak and I've uh, watched him and he's i uh, super passionate about what he does. I, I love that he uh, is, he helps both men and women, but he has a lot of focus on women. And uh, he's got a new book out. I'm going to introduce him in a second. I promise there's just so much to say. Uh, his new book uh, is called Finding Love After Heartbreak. And uh, he's super no nonsense. He's got a coaching program also um, that's called Manifest the Man of Your Dreams. And we'll tell you more about that uh, after we get into the podcast and start talking about all the things that we're going to talk about today that are exciting. Um, so, uh, Stefan, hi. Welcome to uh, welcome to uh, Lovability Podcast. Uh, you've been a busy man on tour. Yes, and thank you for having me. Well, it is, it is my pleasure. You know, I... Uh, I've been watching you. You have quite the social media presence and um, you know, your, your career's really lit up this year. And I know energetically you're exhausted from doing so much and you just got done with a really, I don't know how long your tour was where you were out speaking across the country, but you know, you just got off tour, you're tired. Um, and I appreciate you being here and everyone appreciates you being here, but we get to talk about all the things we love and are passionate about which is love mm -hmm. relationships and helping people get in better, healthier ones, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me about what got you, I mean, how long have you been doing this and what got you into it? I've um, been doing it now for what, uh, 12 years. And really what got me into it was God, because I had no plans whatsoever uh, being in a field like this, I never pictured it when I was younger. My degree is in IT, uh, management information systems. So wow. I was on a completely different. <laughs> yes, you were. Supposed, you know, using yeah. a totally different part of your brain. Exactly, exactly. So I, I, I'm someone who didn't want to get in front of a classroom and speak. I'm someone who dodged writing papers. I've actually failed classes because I didn't want to write papers. So <laughs> me writing books and speaking and all, this is, it's all God because it was never going to be my plan, so to speak. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Well, you know, uh, there is a lot inside of you. What would you say? And I, you know, I think that, you know, especially coming from an IT background and here you are, uh, you know, teaching and training people, what, what motivated you? What gave you your insight? You know, what made you want and what, I mean, obviously God put this inside mm -hmm. of you, but what, you know, what is, what's made you so passionate about this? So aside from God, it was just 
knowing how much people are hurting behind closed doors and how many people are not getting the help they really need. And so even though I was in IT and I never saw all this coming, when I look back, I, I realized I was always that person that people would come to and I could meet a total stranger and they would tell me their life story in the first conversation. And that's probably and happened your whole life, kinds, right? Exactly. And, and tell me their deepest, darkest secrets. And so I, I've always been allowed deeper into people's lives than the average person. And so I've seen more and I understood how so many are just lost and they're struggling and all the dysfunction that, that that's happening, which then creates more dysfunction. So just the desire to help people get on the right path, help stop the, the cycle of negativity and get people into healthier relationships was part of the, like I said, aside from God, was part of the big motivation of doing this. Got it. Yeah. And you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the more you dig in, I mean, I've been coaching for over 25 years and, you know, the one thing that you see is that, you know, this is a very unhealthy world and, and there's a million reasons why people are, I mean, it, it, it usually mm-hmm. comes from their upbringing uh, and having the wrong definition of love. I mean, if we really had to break it down, I mean, everybody's definition of love is different, but what they're willing to accept and how they, uh, how they show it and how they receive it is a lot um, of what they learned. And if they, you know, didn't have a healthy example, even in cases where they did, you know, uh, Stefan, I always talk about the fact that I had such a functional family. My family was like the cleavers. We had five kids in my family. <laughs> and seriously, we sat down for dinner every night at six o'clock. We watched Disney every Sunday night. We took family vacations in the station wagon every year in the summer for two weeks. I mean, we we had such a, I mean, literally my mom sat home with us and did Play-Doh and arts and crafts and everything. I'm like, we, we just had this amazing functional family. And a lot of us kids, as we got older, didn't know how to function in a world where there were other things where people had experienced mm-hmm. trauma or chaos or all these other things within their life we were so sheltered in our world that it was so functional that we didn't know how to do dysfunction. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but even, even then, and I always say that there, sometimes there's, there's a dysfunction and function, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, no, there's no perfect family. There's no perfect upbringing. Uh, so, uh, so having said that, you know, you have this really neat focus and, uh, you know, I came, you were out here in Dallas, uh, maybe two months ago, and I came by and got to hug you and say hello and uh, listen to you speak. And um, and watching these women in the audience just um, captivated and uh, and so in agreement with, with the things that you were talking about. Let's talk about that dynamic because you do focus a lot on women and the way women, mm-hmm. uh, the way that women love and, uh, and, and do relationships. So, uh, what would you say, you know, if you had to give, and I know you've been doing this on tour, um, but you're the things, what are the top three things that women, women do wrong? And we'll just concur on it. Cause I mean, I do this too. So I, <laughs> I just, I want to hear yours and I'll tell you if I agree or disagree, or if I want to add anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So the top three things women do wrong. Number one is moving forward without healing. Right. So I think that a lot of women uh, try to 
push things in their emotional closet, as I call it. And they lock the door and they say, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm finally ready to move on, but you didn't resolve anything. And holding on to that pain uh, is only going to now hinder you as you move forward. So I think moving forward without healing is mistake number one. Uh, Number two, what's coming to me right now, and I don't know if I would rank it number two, but what's coming to me is not trusting their intuition. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like women's intuition is so powerful, so on point. However, the majority of women ignore it, True. ignore it when it comes to dating. And to kind of piggyback off of that, like I always say, you know, I'm a huge believer in connection. Mm-hmm. And to me, connection is what you need for a successful relationship. And I say that even though women are more in tune with the dynamic of connection, nor it when they go on a date and meet a guy they like. Yep. And, and it's not like you completely forgot <laughs> about exactly. the connection part because you're analyzing and breaking down. Like I literally just said uh, in my membership program the other day, I said, listen, y'all have to stop analyzing and start feeling. Right. Listen to your spirit. Listen to your intuition. Get out of your head. It knows. Yeah. Exactly. You can, because everybody wants to look for signs and for this. And it's like, yo, like, you don't, you don't need all that. The power of the woman knows. Mm-hmm. Just listen, yeah. you know? But I think that to what goes along with, with the first thing I mentioned, when you haven't healed, it blocks you or hinders you from tapping into and embracing your intuition. Right. So those two things kind of go hand in hand. And then number three, this is the one I feel like I have to say. <laughs> Go ahead. Women. (laughs) It's okay. Women don't. Well, enough women don't tap into the qualities. The type of man they want, wants in a woman. I feel like so many women, especially professional women, have lost sight of what that kind of man values. But and 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 evaluate their own value based off of what they like. So essentially, you'll hear a lot of women, and again, I'll say more so successful women, say, "I'm a good woman. I have a great job. I have an education. I have all these wonderful things." And and that's great. Those are wonderful things. But those aren't of the highest priority to the kind of man she wants. Because a successful woman wants a man who is successful, or at least has his stuff together. Okay, and has some kind of stability in his life. And that guy is valuing more so your feminine energy, uh, how you talk to him, how you make him feel, your ability to support him, your ability to listen to him um, and allow him to talk and open up to you. Yet you're you're still looking at all this other stuff because that's what you value in a man. But that's not what that man values in you. Not that that's not what he has at the top of his list. And so it creates, to me, this huge disconnect as to why you see so many professional women struggle with dating and relationships. Well, that's one of the reasons why. Yes. Um, So, yeah, I think learning how to embrace the qualities that the type of man wants in in a woman rather than what you think you should bring to the table. Yeah, no, I think they're great. I I would love to expound on your points because I am a woman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and, um, and you know, you're, you're a hundred percent right on this. I mean, women have lost touch with their feminine energy 
and they know how to stand up for themselves, have boundaries, do all that stuff in the boardroom and in their personal life. But when it comes to relationships, all that goes out the window. Uh, women do mm-hmm. not understand how to create, the, they don't know how to be a woman anymore. They don't understand how to create boundaries in, in personal relationships, which goes hand in hand with that. But, you know, that femininity part, there's got to be a yin and a yang. Um, I always use mm-hmm. the chiefs and Indians, like there can't be two chiefs and no Indians. There's there's a place for both to, you know, there's one, and I, that word subservient, I'll use it because <clears throat> there is a place for it in the Bible. You know, it is it is spoken mm-hmm. about. And, you know, I'm I'm also a career woman. I'm a professional. I wouldn't call myself a feminist uh, at all, Stefan. But uh, but the the place where we need to, uh, you know, we need to be vulnerable um, is in a relationship. I mean, because if we want a man to lead and all strong women want a man to lead, it's the thing that they would put at the top of their list is that they need leadership. But the guy can't lead if you're trying to lead. And so many women mm-hmm. get in and that's what they want to do. They want to be the same boss in the, you know, in the bedroom as they are in the boardroom and you can't do it. Mm-hmm. A guy wants a woman. He wants a, he doesn't, he yeah. does, he wants a woman. He wants a feminine woman so he can be a masculine man. And now there's like, you know, synergy, right? Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I'm with you on that hundred percent. And here's the interesting part. And I know you probably get this because you coach on this, but you know, when I've asked women before, so let's describe, you know, especially strong women describe feminine energy. A lot of them can't. I'll say, mm-hmm. what, do, what does femininity mean? What is feminine? They can't even describe it. And then I'll ask them, well, name me somebody, an actor, actress, singer, just somebody, a woman that you would describe as feminine. And that's even difficult. So I think women today can be so, I am woman, hear me roar. I got this. I can buy my own car. I can buy my own house. I don't need a man. You know, that's that thing, that barrier put up that they have forgotten um, how to be a woman. And and a, a man doesn't want to date a, you know, and I mean, I'm, a, a heterosexual man does not want to date a man. He wants a woman. And he wants that female, mm-hmm. soft, loving, supportive energy. Uh, and he relies on that in his life. And just as we rely on a man for his leadership, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So I went off on that one, but that's, you're right. It's such a big one. And you know what? You talk about that a lot and it's, you know what? It is an energy that, that definitely, uh, you know, definitely is out there. And, um, and, you know, as far as trusting women, as far as women trusting their intuition, you know, this, this to me is such a great point, but keep in mind too, as women, and I'm sure somebody's told you that I'm sure many women have told you this, as women grow up, we're told to shut down our emotions. So we cry a lot more when we're emotional. And there comes a point in time where like, stop crying. Don't cry about it. You know, you're whining, you know, and, and you just, you know, mm-hmm. women do definitely um, harden up as they, as they start to get older because that emotional yeah. part of so many women is shut down. Have you heard that before? Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer in it. Um, I... When I've talked about, like, some people have asked me about why men sometimes will tend to go to younger women, because the assumption is always about its looks or he wants to control her or all these things. And one of the things I talk about is, listen, a lot of women, as they get older, they, they harden. Yes. And, and that emotional baggage yes. starts to get heavier and heavier, and there's more resistance to addressing it and, and resolving it. And so that that changes her energy in a way that, yes, it's going to make her less uh, desirable 
and, and less approachable. Whereas when the, when a woman is younger, it's going to be easier because she hasn't piled up all that damage yet. She hasn't hardened as far yet. Um, so that contributes to that dynamic of the older, younger, uh, older man, younger woman. However, um, like you said, I mean, it definitely happens. And that's, that's why it's so important to heal as soon as possible, because the longer you let that linger, the worse it gets. But I think that women, we have to encourage one. I think everyone needs to learn that they need to express themselves and crying is not a bad thing. Crying is a release. Your body needs to release. And to me, if you feel like crying, cry. Uh, granted, I do think not necessarily more with women, but more so with men or young children. Like, it's one thing to cry or to express yourself. Another thing to whine and drag things along. Right, right. We do have to learn that at some point that, okay, yes, let it out. Let's talk about it. But then we can't just keep you know, doing the same thing over and over again or whining about it. It's so got to be, an, it's gotta be an appropriate emotion. It's, I mean, if it's yeah. appropriate to cry, then cry. But if it's not appropriate, then you've got you to gotta figure that out and control it in other ways. Yeah. Well, I, I would say appropriate, because remember, at the end of the day, you know, how someone feels is how someone feels. And so I think that once we recognize the cry is not appropriate, let's go deeper because I feel yes. like, People who aren't crying for appropriate reasons, they're holding on to more than just whatever that specific situation is. hundred percent. And so what happens is, yeah, you, you've hindered yourself so much in, in your other issues or expressing yourself with the other things that it all comes pouring out when this one little thing happens. Like real quick, I remember a client who he was engaged. They went on a trip and they were at his parents' house and it was time to go to sleep. So they were going to go wash up and there was no towels or anything put aside for her. Um, and so she gets upset and she goes off him. Oh, you, you don't think of me. You never consider it. And he's like, what's your problem? It's just a towel. Right. Right. <laughs> and right. I tell him, I said, no, it's not just a towel. She's not going off for a towel. She's going off because this is a continuous example of not being considerate of her and not thinking of her. That's what she's trying to convey, but it doesn't always come out right. You know, so we had to always dig deeper when it comes True. to those. And you know, and you know, and, and you say that, and you know, it could be that you know it came, it stemmed from a pattern in their relationship that he wasn't considering her, or it could be that it mm-hmm. came from her own stuff. Because certainly, like you talk about, people packing their bags and bringing their their old baggage along. I yes. mean, sometimes somebody signs up for something, they're like, "What did I do? I just didn't mm-hmm. get you a towel," and you know, but it was you know, 10 other guys or girls before that, that didn't consider that person. And now it's like, now it's just, it's all built up. So, so like you said, moving on, moving forward before you heal. And I think men do that more than women, but that's my opinion. Um, I think, (laughs) I think, I think women, this is just in my opinion, I think women uh, overthink things. They over mourn. Like you almost have to, you know, like want to kick them in the butt and go, okay, it's time. Stop it. Stop the mourning. Stop the crying. Stop the grieving. It's time for you to move on. Get out of your head and start trusting your heart again. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody else did to you before. You've got to move forward. I feel like women get to in their head. And it's, you know, I again, it's really cool talking to you because you're on the other side of it, the guy side of it. And we do definitely, I mean, I have my guys complain sometimes to me like, Jen, you're always talking to the women. 
I'm like, well, that's a chick. I can, I'm, I am a chick. It's not that I don't understand you guys, but I can speak a little better for, you know, a woman and, um, mm-hmm. but, cause I'm a woman, but, uh, but I think it's men. I think the men move on too quickly, uh, before, you know, it's their, that's their biggest relationship mistake is that they don't heal and they don't, they just fill that space. Guys don't want to be alone. That's what I would say. So what do you want to counteract me on that? <laughs> So I, I want to add to it. I, I do think that men on the surface move on faster. How, and, and here's the thing, though. I feel like, so, okay, let's put it like this. Women, they don't move on on the surface as fast as men typically. The, the problem to me is even when the woman moves on on the surface, the, the deeper emotional issue that she's holding on to will stay longer than it does with a man. So I guess yes. from, from both on the yeah. outside and from internally, men are a, men get, and I don't want to say they, because they, men don't necessarily heal all the time, but what I'm getting at is this. If a, if a man and woman have had their heart broken and now they eventually at some point move on on the surface and start dating again. If a woman meets, or if a man meets an amazing woman that he thinks this is the one, and, and I've never met a woman like this before. He is much more likely to be willing to embrace that and try to make it work. And not carry the, the baggage, has, not worry about what happened before. He's already forgotten it and let it go. Exactly. Yes. Woman meets the amazing man <laughs> who could be the one, uh-huh. and she starts questioning everything. And she will freak out and all kinds of things will start replaying in her head and she'll Amen. start analyzing it. Before yep. you know it, she will either self-sabotage or run away from the situation altogether. I could not agree with you more, 100%. That's, uh, that is exactly the woman's MO. Uh, so, yeah, so you you are correct. And, and like you said, too, women are more likely to bring that emotional uh, baggage in. Even if they've had time to heal, they've gotten the resources to heal, um, they're the most likely, I hate to say it, ladies, sorry, but you're also the most likely to get back in your head and go back into it and doubt yourself and doubt the relationship and and truly let go of those things. And that's why it's so important, Stefan. I know that you're a spiritual guy. You know, we've got to learn how to hand things over. It's not just, you know, this baggage thing is one of them, but you know, past relationships are past relationships. We've got to be able to do the work and say, this worked. This is what I, you know, I loved these qualities. I want these things moving forward. Um, these are the things that didn't work for me. I, these are my non-negotiables. I don't want these again. And I'm going to take my list of all the things that I do want, you know, and it's not like a list, like a list, but, uh, but that list of those spiritual values, morals, those qualities, those things that your heart and soul needs to be healthy and whole and in a healthy relationship and you give that to God and you let God find that person and you listen to your intuition, which is something women don't always do well, because let's just face it, women and men both don't listen to their intuition because they get caught up in this whole attraction thing, which they call chemistry. Um, but <laughs> but uh, but they get caught up in that instead of listening. And like the nice guys, so many, so many nice guys are left in the dust because women you know, even though women say they want a healthy relationship, you know this, they say they want a healthy relationship, yet they keep going out with the same dang train wreck over and over again, the bad boy. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, women have got to get over that, even if it's overriding the brain and saying, guess what? The next guy I date is going to be, yeah, you know, he's going to be smarter than he is better looking. He's going to be, you know, he's going to meet my emotional and spiritual needs. And I'm going to look at those first before I look at his actual, the actual physical attraction. I'm, I'm going to keep all that on the side burner and wait for the other stuff first. And I think we can make that decision. I, at least I believe so. What, what are your thoughts on that and the whole bad boy thing and that mistake women make? So I think it, it's a two-sided issue. I think on one side, you know, women do have to be more conscious of not uh, entering into these unhealthy relationships with these men because they're caught up in attraction and all these different things. Um, though I do believe that attraction has to be, you know, a, a part of the dynamic for a woman to have a success or for any person to have a successful relationship. So I, I don't, I don't want them to dismiss it, but I do want them to not value it to the point where they'll overlook the good guy for the bad guy simply because he's more attractive. However, I do believe that more men need to tap into their masculine energy, just as we talk about women tapping into their femininity. I do think that we're living at a time where a lot of men have completely lost touch with masculinity. And I do believe that it's the masculine energy more than it is the specific man's looks that plays a role in making the man more attractive and drawing more women to him. We see men all the time who are not the most attractive dudes. But if they got power, they got money, they have confidence, they have those things, they're going to get women, period. There's no way around that. So to me, I I do think men, especially quote-unquote good men, cannot simply rely upon I'm a good guy. These women don't know a good guy when they see one, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I get it. Some of them are a lot more comfortable with dysfunction as far as the women are concerned. And again, that stems from the fact that many are, have been hurt and have not healed from it. But as a man, you want to be successful with women. You want to be successful in life. You got to tap into your masculine energy. And that would then make this a lot easier excuse me, for women. And I'm someone who's lived both sides. Like I've been the really good guy who was not exuding masculine energy at all. (laughs) And then I've been the bad guy, so to speak, who was exuding tons of masculine energy. And I realized the real goal is to be both. Right. You know, the really good guy that exudes the masculine energy. When you can do that, man, the world is yours. You are correct. I love that. I love that because I do think there is a, there is a mix and there is a formula for that. And some guys get it right. I will say there's, you know, they have figured that out. Uh, and, um, yeah. And so let's talk about, cause you just nailed it. I mean, I don't even have to say anything. You just nailed it a hundred percent. And I love that. And I love that you said that for the guys, because I do think that, you, you know, one of the things guys need to do is if they are a nice guy, they do need to get in touch with their, with their masculine side. How does a guy go about like, where does it, cause I'm a woman and I don't, I would not know where to, I'm, I certainly don't do dude training. Like, so where does a guy go <laughs> to get training on that part of it? Like if they want to make sure like a, Hey, I'm a nice guy. G- women are passing me up because they say I'm too nice. or they put me in the friend zone. Where would a guy go get help to to get that edge? 
To be honest with you, I don't know if that help exists. I mean, it, it probably does somewhere. I, you, we would probably have to do some really heavy research. I think what you'll find more are programs designed on helping men tap in, or I'm sorry, not tap into, helping men pick up women, how to sleep with women, how to become a woman magnet, but in a more unhealthy, toxic way. My producer's and, over here nodding. Yeah. <laughs> he's over here nodding his head. I have no idea why, but he's over there like, yeah. Um, I mean, uh-huh. that's what's out there. And, and, and let me tell you, those, those programs, they're, they're making a killing because, I mean, it's still a desire for a lot of men to, to become this hot, more desirable guy. But if you're a guy who wants to become more desirable for the purpose of a real relationship, finding the wife or the, the woman of your dreams, that type of thing, uh, it currently, I don't know if it really exists. You know, it is something that I'm working on and I do want to create something. Um, I think, but yeah, that, I don't I know think that's exists. a, I mean, obviously we've just found a niche for you um, because it, it, because <laughs> I don't know of anywhere and you don't know of anywhere and there's definitely a need for it. And, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's definitely something that, you know, you can't, all these programs, like how to pick up a woman or how to, you know, the best, whatever for, even though guys sign up for that stuff at the end of the day, if they're not exuding inner confidence, uh, you know, that once the pickup lines and the initial stuff wears off, you know, women are still looking, ultimately, I will say as a woman, I think our greatest need is for safety and security. And that doesn't mean financial security. That means emotional security and, um, and, and that stability that a good solid man of, of confidence, that's a leader in his own life. And, you know, I think a man has to be a good spiritual leader before he can be a leader in a relationship, but that's, that's Mm -hmm. my opinion. But, um, I think, I would think that that would be a good place to start. If you ever do decide to start a program uh, for the guys is having that spiritual component because there is no greater place for, and that's where, that's where a man needs to lead uh, his family and his, and his, you know, relationship. So I, I actually have the name for it already. Oh, yay. It's called, it's called uh, Alpha Man of God. I will see. There it is. Love it. Love it. See? Yes. Okay, so good. It, that, it's exactly what you described. It, it's merging, you know, the the spiritual foundation and the godly component with tapping into masculinity because I feel like people look at men of faith or church guys or whatever as more passive, feminine, meek, lame, whatever. It, it's it, you're not usually envisioning this tough, strong, <laughs> masculine man. And so I think, but the crazy thing is, spiritually, if you look at the Bible and, and many other spirit, uh, spiritual texts. The men, like Jesus was not some soft, passive guy. Right. He wasn't. He was a very masculine man. But I don't know where we lost track of this and created this more feminine image, I guess, supposedly of him. And it's poured over into the way that we uh, talk to men of faith. And I think that needs to change. So. Yeah, I, mean, I love it. Work. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I love it. I can't wait to uh, to see what you come up with. And if you ever need a female uh, opinion on things as you're moving forward, please call me because I have a lot of thoughts on this. And I do know some amazing <laughs> men that are wonderful spiritual leaders uh, and great in relationships and, and would be um, awesome as part of your 
as part of your program if you ever need any coaches or leaders. Um, so that's always fun to have people on as guests and talk about their their journeys. But having said that, let's let's talk about something that because because you do you're a guy. A lot of times I'm preaching to the choir with these women and they're just going, you're, you're just, you know, you're Jen, you're a girl. Um, I, I, they like to hear from you guys. Uh, so you're talking to thousands of women a day. Uh, let's talk about the whole idea of a woman using their sexuality up front, because we are living in a world where, uh, we are living in a world where, you know, the online world where people are, uh, you know, hooking up, you know, sexually before mm-hmm. they're ever knowing each other physically. Women are using their bodies. They're sending nudies. You know, we just talked about sex last week. So we were talking about that whole concept. And mm-hmm. women are sleeping with men on first dates. I mean, for heaven's sakes, there's plenty, there's plenty of women that don't even need to go on a date that they'll just go hook up, <laughs> you know, it's, ha- but you know, it's uh, happening. I know it's happening. Absolutely. So talk to me, uh, and about that. And, you know, the other part of that, the other flip on that. So let's talk about the women with that. And then let's talk about the men that are going after these younger women and the ramifications of all of this, because I get the, you know, the feminine energy thing, but there are other factors that are coming into play with all of this as well. So let's talk about the females first with the whole loosey goosey, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't respect my body anymore conversation. Okay, so I, I think I think the majority of women are making a huge mistake. Um, the majority of women who are, or the women who are engaging in this very sexually free environment yes. that has taken place. Yes. Um, I think many have fooled themselves into believing that this is what they want, when in reality it's not. Um, many of them want a real relationship, even if not in that very moment, in the long run, that's really what they want. And they're shooting themselves in the foot with this uh, very sexually free approach. Um, I think though, what every woman has to be honest with themselves about is number one, even if we take out the spiritual context of it um, and the spiritual ramifications of it, you have to first ask yourself, can you truly Eat properly and healthily evaluate this individual if you're having sex that soon. Right. Like, right. you got to give yourself time to know who and what you're dealing with. And if, if that has o- occurred and you, and you guys are also on the same page, then okay. But so many people are jumping in before they know who this other person really is, before they even know if we want the same things. You know, and this, and again, for anyone listening, this isn't to pass judgment because, I, listen, I'm not perfect. I've made my own mistakes, so it happens. However, we can't keep making excuses for it either. You know, we got to call it what it is. It's not, it's not the best approach. And you, and you got people now who say, oh well, oh it shouldn't matter. I know people who got married after having sex on the first date. Yeah, and I could show you a hundred thousand more cases of people who got nothing from having sex on the first date. <laughs> Thank you, or amen. Who got Headaches, uh, unwanted pregnancies, all kinds of other issues, unhealthy attachments for having sex on the first day. So please, let's not use a minority amount of successful cases to try to validate the approach that the most most people should take. The reality is that the odds are more in your favor to wait. And like I remember hearing from a guy one time, he said, "You know, he, he, you you." 
You've never heard of a man saying, I didn't want to marry her because she didn't have sex with me on the first date. Right. But, but you, you've heard plenty of men say, I, don't, I won't take her serious because she had sex with me on the first date. Right. Yes. So it's like, no matter what, your odds are better at success by at least waiting as long as you can. I also say, when it comes to sex, women don't have sex if you are not okay with, 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 with what's going to happen the next day. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you have sex with this man because you're expecting him to like you, or you're expecting him to want a relationship with you, or you're looking for something to come out of it, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons right there. Right. Because now, if he doesn't call you, if he doesn't want more, you feel cheated, you feel used, and now you become more damaged. Right. You've got to be really willing to accept that no matter what happens, I'm okay with having sex because I wanted to have sex, and that's it. But many are attaching another expectation to taking that step. Yes. And, you know, we just talked about this last week in our podcast on sex, that women biologically aren't built that way. I mean, women can say, it's just sex for me. I'm using him. And I've heard women say that, which is just really sad. But um, but mm-hmm. biologically, I mean, we have oxytocin that's released. It is an emotional experience biologically. So you cannot take the emotional out of a sexual experience. You can talk yourself out of it, but you know, you you're there is an attachment that takes place. So, um, yeah, thank you for I I I love what you had to say about that. I mean, I I I absolutely adore you. Thank you because it it totally <laughs> it makes sense. It's not just about preaching your thoughts and opinions. I mean, it totally makes sense and it's real. If women really, if they really look deep enough, even the I am woman, hear me roar, and I can use a man, and it's just sex for me. If you looked a little deeper, there is an expectation there. There's some type of expectation there. You know, we are not built to be um, sexual machines where we just run around and use men as, you know, tools. You know what I mean? Like just to, for, our, mm-hmm. for our own pleasure. Like that's not how we're built. We weren't, God did not make us that way. Um, so if you're that way, something's wrong. Sorry. And I know that I'm, I know that's, <laughs> that is a judgment, but some, but that is saying psychologically, something is probably twisted. I mean, you do see Stefan where, I mean, as a counselor, and I know you've run across it, women that have been sexually molested when they were younger and yes. had dysfunction, you know, di- sexual dysfunctions in their childhood, they typically are the ones that are promiscuous. Um, so yeah. as they get older, so you, there, there is truth to what I'm saying and I'm trying not to make it a blanket, but you know, a man doesn't want a whore. He wants a good woman. And will he turn down sex? Not always. Most, most, I don't say most, but many guys will not turn it down, but do they want you the next day? No. You know, do they want to go exactly. out with you, make you their girlfriend? No, they already got it. They, you gave them what they wanted and now they don't want the rest because how many other people are you giving that to if you just, you know, shot it out to him the first date? Okay. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you have anything else to say about Real quick, that. Yeah. Yes. I want to add one more thing. So what I've learned, you'll have a lot of women who will claim they're able to have sex without feeling. Right. And what I believe is women never learn how to have sex without feelings. They learn who they can have sex with and not catch feelings which leads to women sleeping with bum men because it's like, okay, if I don't view him as boyfriend, husband material, truly, 
then I can manage my emotions and just use him as my sexual play toy. But as you said, in time, you will still develop some level of attachment to this individual. Yes. And so now you're setting the stage for more dysfunction and damage to come. Amen. But this is what women do because those women will avoid having sex like that with someone they actually could see themselves with. Yeah, because that's they know because, because they're not emotionally ready for a relationship. Yeah. But, but like you said, exactly. but regardless, they're going to get attached. They may not fall in yes. love, but they're going to form an attachment, which is going to be some type of disappointment or hurt or pain, whether you, however you want to call it, right? Or label it. Yes. So uh, yes. awesome. So great. God, I love, I could talk to you for days. <laughs> I mean, I could, I told you, I knew we could talk for days. So let's hit the one, let's hit the, you know, the, the opposite. And then, um, and then I'll let you go rest. Um, so the guys, so we're, we are seeing this trend now in dating where the, you know, the 20 somethings out of college, even early 20 somethings, 23, 24, they're actually going for these 50 something guys. At least they are in Dallas. Um, I don't know how Mm -hmm. you've traveled around multiple cities. Um, I'm not the only one seeing it. Some of my other relationship people have gone out here and they're like, oh my God, Um, because it's really rampant here in Dallas, but I'm sure it's other places too. Um, You know, and, and I blame it on the fact that parents spoiled their kids, they spoiled their daughters, and these girls are getting out of college and this is happening. They don't want, they don't want guys their age because the guys their age are still starting their career. They're not successful. They can't, buy them all the clothes and expensive handbags and shoes and um, trips and lifestyle that they've been accustomed to by mommy and daddy. So they are, they're, they're getting the sugar daddies. They're, they, these guys, I mean, you go out to a bar in Dallas and in the evening, even a, even a dinner, like a, a nice dinner area, like a restaurant that's got um, a nice bar in it. You'll see the younger women going after the older guys because they want their drink spot for them. They want dinner. They want clothes. They want gifts. I mean, they want that, they want instant lifestyle. Um, so are you, do you see this in other cities or is it, is it, is, are we talking a lot of Dallas? No. So, okay. I, I definitely know the sugar baby dynamic is on the rise Okay, everywhere. Sugar baby. Um, that's number one. Uh, I think now I'm not gonna lie. I, I see, I, I haven't seen a lot of like twenties going after 50 year old men, but I've, I've learned more and more women, younger women are caring less and less about the age gap. Right. Um, I do think that though, there's two sides to this. There's the side who they're just looking for the benefits and fun. And then there are actually people who will get in these, in a serious relationship like that, like seriously committed, so on and so forth. Um, So I think that, of course, if if they're not taking the approach of being, uh, to being serious about it, you know, then everyone needs to be careful. Like I'm never going to co-sign these play play relationships and people just trying to, you know, take advantage of situations and things like that. Now I am someone who believes connection is not limited by age. Right. Um, and I do think to some extent, I'm not going to sit here and say twenties and fifties, but to some extent, I, I, there's a, this, how should I say this? <laughs> I feel like the older man, younger woman dynamic makes sense for a lot of reasons. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, as you mentioned, what, I, what I've started to see is that 
again, despite what a lot of women may claim on social media and, and stuff like that, women, young, older, they want love. They want relationship. They want stability. They want security. They desire these things. And the reality is that, yes, if you're a 24, 25-year-old uh, woman, guy at that age is less likely to be financially stable, to be emotionally ready to give you what you need. On so many levels, he still has a lot of growth to go. All right? So and why so is why is that okay, though, for them to trade up and just completely dismiss their age group? Because... That you know, they want to have kids. They, you know, these these guys will build stability. I mean, I know when I was growing up. I mean, that's what we did. We grew together, and we may not have had a lot of money initially, but then we made our money together and we grew together. And these women aren't willing to do it now. And then they got to think about their childbearing years. These twenty-five year olds taking up these fifty-year-olds when they're, you know, when they're thirty and they're having kids. Their husbands, you know. 55 and then their kids born. And, you know, when the woman hits 45, he's 70, you know, or, or uh, uh, 45, he's 65. You know what I mean? It's like, gosh, it's the dynamics are so are going to be so off down the road. That's what I'm thinking about is well, like, she's going to be trading up soon or trading down. So, it, <laughs> it, it, so to me, it, it, it really, so I'm someone who doesn't, believe in the construct of age, so to speak. Right. Uh, I think especially in today's world, like today's 40 is not 40, 10 years ago or 20 years ago. It, it's a very different 40, a very different 50. And people, there are a lot more tools and a lot more knowledge uh, now as far as how to better take care of yourself. Um, and so, yes, if, if you're getting with a guy, if you're a 20-something-year-old woman getting with a guy who's 40-something or 50-something, and this dude's already on his decline health-wise, all right, with the way that he takes care of himself, so on and so forth, then, yeah, as you stated, you are headed for big-time trouble um, in 10 more years or whatever. However, you could actually get with a dude who's 20-something years old, treats his body like trash, and it's the same issue. So to me, it's like, okay, it, it, whether they're older or younger, how are they taking care of themselves? Right. Do you guys really have a connection because again it, it, it's all about connection and and, okay. and here's the thing don't get me wrong now i i even have like i have a i have a woman i believe in age not being an issue whether it be for man or woman i have a uh a client who's a woman she's 52 i think her guy is 30 all right and it's the best relationship she's ever had in her entire life they've been together several years um and he wants to marry her like and he's serious. It's not a joke to him. And it's like, he's really serious about this. I've spoken to both of them. I know of a couple who they have like a 15 year age gap, the woman older, the man younger, and they've been married for 20 years. So to me, it, it, it first and foremost is always about, is there a connection? If there is not a connection, you're simply trying to date older or younger due to your own perception of things. That's where, to me, you, you got to open yourself up to your age, younger, whoever. Just open yourself to whoever that you have a connection with. So now, back to these women in their 20s, um, I, I wouldn't want them or encourage them to simply dismiss a man because he's their same age. However, I don't see anything wrong with them going older simply because, yes, I do realize it is, it is going to be harder for them to meet a man. And it's one thing to say, here's the thing. 
it's one thing for a man to be 25, let's say, her age. He's not stable, but he's working. He's, he has the work ethic. He has the character. He's pushing forward. And I honestly believe that a lot more women in his seams will embrace that. A guy who shows he has the character, the work ethic, and is moving towards something. The unfortunate reality, and it, and it goes back to what I mentioned about a lot of men losing touch with their masculinity, is you got guys in their, in their early 20s, late 20s, hell, in their 30s. Yes. No work ethic. Right. Absolutely. No Absolutely. No yeah. No, you're you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. They have no desire to have a job, a house, a car, a family. Yeah, no, you're you're right on. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. that's a... so it's like to me, her going for that, regardless of it, it's like I, I can't I can't make I I wouldn't want any woman older or younger to deal with that. Right. You know? Yes. So if if you find the character, the work ethic, and he happens to be okay. I, I'm I'm okay with that, but I do think that both sides need to understand how you're going to have to nurture that relationship when there is an age gap. Yeah, yeah, no, and you're some of you're the, right. The yeah, that come come up, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, that and that's an excellent point because there, I mean, there always are a million points to things, but yes, that that. That uh, is it. Generation X is that? I mean, sometimes I get confused. But I, is it Gen X that that is the twenty-something now? Is that right, Tommy? Gen X? Um, eh, no. Um, is it Z? Or is it Y? <laughs> Generation Y? Z? I, so I don't even remember. But but that twenty-something generation is very lazy. But that that they have shown that they're not motivated, and that's what a lot of the women are saying that they're not. They aren't leading. They're not being, they're, they're, they have not been taught how to lead and how um, to be a man. And so, you know, maybe women are attracted to, to that quality of the older guy. But I just, as a woman, think it's such a large age gap, you know, trying to start a family and have kids and, you know, blended families. Most of these guys that, that are older have been divorced, have blended, have children that are maybe grown. Then you've got to incorporate a new wife that's the age of their daughters or, you know, or sons maybe, and, you know, with new babies. So there's just so many dynamics in play and we just really need to probably be very conscious of what we're doing. That's all. I think that's a, I think it's great to take away in a sense, take away the age thing, but, um, but going that we're having a trend and then what happens uh, Stefan, for me, I'm a matchmaker and I sure these women are seeing it online What's happening is these women between the ages, let's say, of 45 and I don't know, I'm going to say 65, um, but women, women, as they get older, they get younger. So it's, it's, that's a whole nother deal too. But let's just say between 45 and 65, they're seeing men going for younger women because the younger women, like you said, they may have a, a, a more carefree attitude. They are not carrying as much baggage around so that it's easier to approach them. But the other part of it is there a lot of them are putting out where the older women aren't, you know, they're, they're more standing for their values because they've learned. And so I think, you know, there's an ease from a man to go with somebody younger because it's, it's easier. They don't have as much baggage. It's easier. They're getting them in bed faster. You know, all of that is just happening quicker. And so I just, I feel like we're in this free for all weirdo um, time with relationships. <laughs> and so why it's so, so important for people to seek out coaching because people need to know who they are and what they want before they get in. They need to be healed, whole, and ready 
before they get in because even if they are that exception, they maybe they would do better. My producer here, Tommy's 25, right? 25, Tommy? He's, I always have to ask him because he seems so much older than he is to me. I think he'd be great with a woman that was a little bit older than him because he's such an old soul. He's so, he's so mature for his age. Um, so I think it, it definitely, but not much older. I wouldn't go older than 30 and I don't think he will either. So uh, maybe 32, but all the same, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's an individual thing, but we need to be smart about it, especially if we're going to bring children into the world. Children deserve to have parents. They deserve to have, uh, you know, they deserve to have a life. And, um, yeah, it's so many things I think that they could miss out on, you know? If they, um, yeah, Mary Grandpa. And that's true. And I think, I think, you know, when you were speaking, what, what came to me is that I believe the dynamic exposes what men and re- women really want. Now, remember, yeah. if, if we're talking about men going after younger women because they're easier and they put out, that's different. Like if he's just looking for a quick lay, then we're not going to be able to convince him to consider women his age. Now, if we're talking about dating for the purpose of real committed relationship, possibly marriage, um, then yes, then there's a lot of things that we have to start to consider. But I think, again, it speaks to what the opposite sex wants. And I think that's that's one of the big problems that we're facing is that both men and women don't want to accept what the opposite sex wants. You hear men all the time complain about these women want money. They want this. They want that. And it's like, listen, stop complaining. It's been this way since the beginning of time. <laughs> yes. Women have wanted security and stability. This is not brand new information. Yes. At some point, you either accept it and roll with it, or you're going to be complaining and be lonely or getting women that you don't really care for. Yes. But then it's the same thing on the flip side with women. Women complain, all oh, these men care about his looks and this and that. It's been like that from the beginning of time. So if you would tap into your feminine energy, if yes, you would be mindful of your presentation. I'm a firm believer that if if an older woman tapped into her feminine energy and took care of herself physically, she would blow younger women out the water. Right, absolutely. Because she would now have the combination of both being mature, having hell, having her own stability, but also possessing the qualities that he desires. Because you got to understand, there's a lot of older men who think, okay, yeah, I'll have fun with a younger girl, but I can't take her serious. I can't marry her. It's too much work, too much energy, or she's too much of a hindrance due to her lack of maturity and things of that nature. So there are men who would love if they could find a high quality older woman. But again, you have a lot of older women who want to reject what the man's looking for and says, no, you should like me because I'm successful, educated, a grown woman. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's, that's not going to cut it. I love it. You know what? Honestly, I, I know we've gone our time and I could, I literally Next time you're in town, we need to just have a slumber party and talk all night because <laughs> I mean, we'll have the world figured out, but there, it's just, uh, you're so wise. And, um, I, I really want to, um, I really want to encourage anyone that is looking for some guidance. Um, I don't have a coaching program like that. 
Uh, and I love that you do. I love, love that you do. And I love your guidance. Um, the more I've gotten to know you and what's in your heart and the sound advice that you give, uh, you're, you're awesome. So I want to guide people to you. So it's um, Stefan uh, Speaks, uh, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-S-P-E-A-K-S. Uh, and yeah. it's uh, stefanspeaks.com. And you'll find all his books and materials and coaching programs and everything on there. Plus, I'll post your information when the podcast, um, when, when it does air next week. So uh, we'll have all that out, uh, all that out so you can get in touch with Stefan and buy his books. I mean, I, um, I loved your energy. I love you being here. You're such a wise soul. Whoever raised you did such an amazing job. Um, <laughs> no, I mean Thank it because you have so much inside of you and what a great calling. Uh, there's no doubt you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So uh, thank you for sharing what's in your heart. And thank you for sharing the wisdom that you've, uh, you know, gained over the years, um, both through coaching and from witnessing. And uh, we'll have to do this again. I'm sure people are going to be pounding down my, uh, my social media for a part two. So, um, <laughs> so uh, thank you for being here. Uh, and uh, thanks, thanks for, for taking care me. of my people that'll be coming over to you. <laughs> awesome. Definitely. All right. Well, um, stay blessed. Happy New Year to you. Thank you for joining me, my friend. It was great to see you when you were in town and great to talk to you today. We'll do it again. All right, cool. Okay. Thanks. All right. Bye. Welcome to our Dear Jen segment for today. Uh, today, I have a question from one of our listeners, uh, and it's near and dear to my heart. Uh, she said, Jen, I know you are an animal lover also, and I'm part of the rescue community and have three dogs and three cats at home. Sometimes I meet a man and tell him this, and I can tell the conversation changes. So how do I find someone that supports my passions as I do theirs? Uh, or I would do theirs. Uh, I kind of left a couple things out, but uh, de most important details are the fact that uh, she's coming in with her passions and uh, and looking for that same support in her relationship. And my advice to you is you've got to find somebody that supports your passions. As long as they're not unhealthy um, or harmful to yourself or the, the relationship or the world, I would hope that uh, your partner would support them. Uh, you know, I know myself as an animal lover that I, I've been an animal lover my whole life. I couldn't be with somebody who didn't love animals uh, and didn't support the fact that I do animal rescue also, just like you. Uh, so uh, I do think it's important that we find somebody that supports our passions. And this is to say, I'm quite sure everyone you meet has their own passions. I mean, there's some people that are passionate about sports. There's some people that are passionate about uh, child welfare. Plenty of people that are philanthropic, have different passions, whether it you know, it doesn't matter what it is. As we come into adult relationships, everybody has, let's call it baggage because it's really not, but we'll just consider it that it's just part of who they are. It comes with the package. Uh, so the, as for you who has these pets at home, your dogs and your cats, they're part of your family, just as somebody's children would be a part of their family. Uh, and so Everybody wants everybody else to embrace every part of their life. And, you know, everybody brings everybody brings elements into the relationships. You just have to find somebody that's going to support what you bring in, which is animals. And and again, I mean, this would go for somebody who has kids. I mean, you've got to think about the fact that, you know, if you have kids, if you have 
certain hobbies, um, if you, you know, collect things, I mean, just whatever, because I know there's, I have a friend who's a big car collector. I mean, just things that that are lifestyle things and passions that you have, you have to find somebody that supports them. And if they don't, you're going to have a really rough relationship uh, because that's probably where you spend a lot of your time and energy. Uh, So I would say if you're part of the rescue community, you know, look amongst the rescue community for others that are in it that might, that you might be compatible with. But I can't imagine, I mean, the majority of people love animals, so it's just a matter of them accepting you as you accept them, and so you're just going to have to find a a loving, passionate uh, person that uh, is mature and understands that everybody brings something to the table, and uh, even though it may not be their perfect scenario, it's about uh, combining and, and you know, blending your lives together with everything that you have, uh, the good and the bad and the indifferent. So, uh, it's a great question. I love it because I, like I said, I do, I think people are too picky these days. They're always looking for the perfect situation. There is no perfect situation. There is no perfect person. Um, but there are perfect people for us. And as long as that person is somebody who you love, admire, respect, uh, then fall in love with the person and don't worry about, you know, what they bring to the table unless what they bring to the table is toxic. And then that would be a whole other conversation. So thank you for writing in. Thank you for doing the animal rescue work that you do out there. I'm not sure what you do, but uh, bravo to you. I know how hard it is because I do it also. And, uh, and uh, thank you for writing today. And if you have a question, write us at dearjen at lovejen.com. This is Jennifer. Thanks for listening today. And please subscribe to the podcast. Every single week, we'll have new information. And if you'd like to find out more information or if you have any questions, please go to my website at lovegen.com or you can find me on Facebook at my personal page, Jennifer Styers.